Yeah, welcome back to the Michael Anthony show and my voice is uh is kinda gone because I've just engaged in my last weekend of alcohol consumption. I have said goodbye to that poison and many of the people who I associate with a mutual love of that toxic liquid that does nothing but tear apart your um state of mind limb for limb. The abuse of alcohol last weekend was, of course, aided by the fact that Irvin Welsh was in town, not just doing the Michael Anthony show, but requesting that the Michael Anthony show with him was filmed so it could possibly appear in a 2023 Fly in the Wall documentary, I Am Irvin Welsh, which was a huge honour um, for the show and, and for the listeners who've been tuning in for the last few years, but if I'd had more than four days' notice, I probably would have tried to shift the excess of £12 I've been carrying around for eight months. So now I'm probably going to have to spend the next six months fearing the release of this documentary, because if the camera does add £10, I won't fit in the shot. Um, But yeah, Irvin doesn't play with the rules, as many of the people... Um, who are fans of his, will know. And if you aren't a fan of Irvin Welsh, you don't really know what business you have listening to the Michael Anthony show. So um, an over-serious call sheet and production teams and all this shit were involved. And I was told that I'd just strictly be there at four o'clock and couldn't bring plastic. Uh, by five, I was told that Irvin was still sampling uh, the best Dublin boozers, which you'd expect and appreciate. And by the time he arrived at quarter past five, one of um, his 20 runners, or whatever they are, had placed eight Guinness on the table. And we made our way through them as we spoke. So if you are noticing um, anything peculiar in this show, please note that substances were abused. And um, it was an honor to bow out to alcohol opposite somebody of his ilk. Rate and review the show. Actually, if you don't, you're just a freak, really, at this point. Um, and enjoy it. Here we go. Am I sure? The sinking sand of despair The smell of dread in the air I'm head to toe in my own fear I'm going to die and I need to cry Uh, Irvin Welsh, great to finally meet you. Um, Michael, fantastic to meet you, and fantastic to see a kind of a, a sort of uh, a, a later days Jim Morrison clone here. Like, yeah, you know, no, it's I appreciate be said, that. Like, that it means yeah, a lot. achieved effortlessly achieved. You arrived in Dublin, obviously you're here to do the Glendalough Festival, but you just didn't have the discipline. Because Dublin doesn't give discipline. Dublin is a place where you have to enjoy yourself. It's too it's beautiful. You the, can't yeah, stay out of no, the it, but it, It's not the place where you think to yourself. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Dublin to focus and concentrate and to kind of um, to enact all these things that I want to enact. Like you know, you kind of basically you go to Dublin to have fun, but you you also go for inspiration. And they, it's like um, the thing about you know if you're Scottish, the, the the weird thing about Scotland and Ireland is it's like um, you have this kind of um, there's a kind of strange kind of thing, you know, because it's like because. 
because uh, you victimhood. Go, well, you know, and a you, press but, state but, of but, great but pain. But you know what it is? It's like you, you you go if you're Scottish, you go to Ireland, and it's like um, you think that you know this is fucking great. You know this is how, this is how a free Celtic nation should be, and we're you know this, this is uh, and it's then you kind of realise that it's like um, there's a kind of strange vector that happens. Like you know you think it's like because uh, Ireland everything is like. Everybody is like sort of ah the crack is mighty everything is fucking great everything. and then it's like when you get when you have a few drinks and you know and it goes on it's like ah, the coffin chips the fucking ah. so everything goes down you know whereas in Scotland it's the reverse Scotland everybody's a fucking monophase cunt you know it's like kind of uh, and the it's like, you know, and the ethanol yeah, brings yeah, you up it's like, the yeah, happiness it's like kind of fucking this fucking every everybody's a snidey bastard and then suddenly they get past the point you know. Fucking great! We love everybody. This is fucking brilliant. So it's a vector. It's a kind of. There's a, Do you think there's, that's there's because a, you knew the people from Scotland, though? We all feel like that at the, at the place we know. Like when I go, I th- when I, th- I go I to think, Edinburgh, you know, I, I think, think it's. Think, I don't think there is hatred. Yeah, you come to Dublin, you don't think there's, there's hatred. There's a vector. There's a vector where, like you know, sort of uh, in Ireland, definitely as an island, it's like this cross between like kind of massive optimism and then like it's it's pretty shite really. And Scotland is the reverse. It's like, oh, this is fucking terrible. And then it's like, ah, oh, no, it's all right. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, there's, there's, a, there's a perfect point where Scotland and Ireland cross over, you know? Yeah. So that, that, that's that, that's my theory. I don't know. I don't how know how, how would you find living in London as a guy who spent a lot of time there? Well, I mean, L- London London's not really a city in the sense. It's like, you know, you, you live... You, 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 Living in London is like living in Tokyo or or kind of not not Berlin. Berlin's kind of kept out of that that thing, but that line that you draw, like Tokyo, Moscow, uh, London, New York, big neoliberal kind of thing. In terms of the people, like if well, you're, you if know, you're in a bar but, in Hackney, but, you know, would but, you have better crack in a bar in Dublin or Edinburgh than you would in a bar in Hackney? Well, I think you'd have a great crack in them all. You're you're not going to have a great crack in Sloan Square. Everybody's going to be going like, oh, I say, this is you know, what the fuck are you doing in this pub? But uh, I think the great you know it's like uh, people people that criticise London. Uh, people from like you know Ed- Edinburgh and from Dublin, all yeah. They're talking about London as a sort of, um, as a you know, as the center of London. You know, they're not, they're, you know, but, but everybody's like kind of fucked in the tube. They're in Soho. They're kind of messing around and all. You know, they're not really talking about. Um, and people, people that go to Soho, they're generally there with their workmates, and their friends. They don't want to socialize with random strangers like JK's fucking pull them into the scene. They're just having a good time. Yeah, but. It's like when you when you go to um, if you're in Edinburgh or uh, or Dublin, it's like everybody's like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Bring you know, they bring people in. In London, it's not like that. It's just too metropolitan for that. You got if you go somewhere like Hackney or Islington, you go to local pubs there. It's the same vibe basically. I read something fascinating about you that I could relate to, and is when you were talking about having that codependency thing going on with love, in terms of how much you want to be loved, but once it's there, you're running away from it. And I felt the same thing myself uh, throughout any relationship I've been in. It's that you want it, but for some reason you like it from it when it's there. Is and that, then when you don't that, have it, it, you pretend it, you want it. What's wrong with us? Is, is what I'm that asking not you. the human condition, though? Is that what we're some all about? Some people sacrifice parts of themselves and just stay quiet. So Some people don't need to express uh, that pain. Some people stay the fuck shut. And they're the type but why, of people... But why don't you dive into that? You know, what, what, I can't understand anybody... There's living a life that's not diving into all that shit because that's what we're all about, you know. It's like you—the only way you're going to learn and 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 grow and develop and get, you know, and have an interest in life 
is diving into everything, you know, whether it's kind of love or pain or heart and all that, you know, or or just good times and good fun. So is, is, right is, is, it, is it like a capitalistic thing that makes people just go with the flow, stay with the woman they don't a, love, it, do the job they don't love, yeah, and ignore, it, it, it is, ignore it, their it, fucking anxieties? I think, I think Michael, you've, you've cracked it, man. It's a, it's a division in labour. You know, it's like we're, we're in these slots and we have to do this. You know, we have to kind of, uh, we've got to a certain point in our life, we have to be with this person, we have to kind of we have to kind of get married. We have to buy a house. We have to have a kid. We have to do this, and then it's like we have to get almost. We have to get divorced. You know, we have to. Yeah. We have to finish it. You know, it's like the trajectory. There's a there's a kind of a, a horrible, ugly trajectory, and it's not it's not really about um, it's not really about life. It is about capital. It's about us as being kind of um, little tools of this kind of broader. Why do you think certain people get the awareness of it though, and certain people live it? What made you kind of know it was all bullshit? Maybe having a, a, a sort of uh, an extreme, sort of militantly kind of communist Marxist mother, and a sort of uh, an easygoing kind of social democrat father. And having the, the you know the, the the debate and discussion. What do you mean by the What do you mean by the by, by your mother being kind of militant? My mom's ninety three now. Like, but when you were younger, was she smacking you when you were younger? No, but she fuck man. She was, I would have punched her fucking face in my. You know, it's like, but uh, but was there any <coughs> corporal punishment in your childhood? None at all. No, it was, it was very loving. They were kind of they were you know they were like very. Um, but your mates would have been getting their heads hung. Yeah, they were getting their fucking hand. You know, they'd be getting their, their cunts kicked in. But uh, not me. You know what I mean? I, I was, honestly, I was the, the 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 completely anointed kind of so. So did that kind of give like, you yeah. the ability because they'd be all living in such fear and feel the need to follow this religious marriage orientated life because they were getting physically battered. Did you have the benefit of not being physically battered so you could get this uh, gift of critical thought because you weren't well, afraid of the fist? You know what? It's like I think I think uh, you, when you see kind of other kids when you when you're growing up as a young kid and you see other kids uh, they obviously kind of they come out the house and they were great little kids and they come out the house like they're kind of a bit cowed, a bit haunted. You think yourself, what the fuck's going on in your house? Like, you know? Yeah. So it was like, but, but bizarrely, I was always the one that ran away, you know, and, and uh, my mum and dad used to say, we fucking treated you well, what the fuck are you doing, you little cunt? You know, you fucking, you know, you, you've run, you're, you're running away, you're jumping on the buses and police are out for you and all and all that kind of stuff. And I was I was like, well, I'm, you know, it's like, I'm not running away because you, you've been touching me up or so abusing me. Like the ability to call I'm away because I just want to see what the ability the to call culture for what it was and to point out that people who follow authority needlessly are uh, kind of in a way wasting their lives and the beauty of revolt was kind of because you were a guy who was your your parents considering the overall magnitude of the situation like nice people. Yeah, they were nice. People, Laid but back they were, nice they were, people. They also had a bit of cynicism for the whole kind of. Um, the apparatus of you know of how we, we operate and how we're controlled and how we live and all that. You know? What do you mean? Not not developed. You know, well, they were, you know, my mum was a communist. You know, my, my dad was a kind of you know a, a democratic socialist. So they had a very thing that we're outside of all this. Like you know, they're all both trade unionists. Were they like, were yeah. they behind your creativity when you started writing? Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were like. Yeah. But yeah. What, what were they like when you were on heroin? Uh, not so good. You know, but were, they similar, <laughs> were they similar to the way Renton's parents react? Like helpful, but yeah, didn't really yeah, have yeah. a personality I mean, I, I to think, express. But shame. I think it's like um, what what it is. It's like you know, for you know, when you get into any kind of drug, it's like you know, for me, it was like you know, I was just told from an early age, like 
don't smoke dope. Dope will fucking kill you. It will fucking destroy you. You know. So obviously you 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 want to smoke something. And the 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 most the biggest fear I've ever had with a drug was like smoking a fucking taking a draw of cannabis and all go take it in your fucking neck, carry it in your fucking neck. You know? I was going, oh, oh, oh. I thought, well, fine, yeah. Then it was the same with speed, then it was the same with acid, and even acid was a fucking mad trip, you know, it was a fucking mental, you know. But the decision but, into gear. But but, 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 but with heroin, it was like, uh, it was almost like, finally, yes, it, both, it has fucked me up, you know, fair enough, fair enough, but it's a long, long fucking time, you know what I mean? So, you know, How you, good you, is heroin? Personally, I mean, it's like, um, it's one of these things that it just absolves everything that you're you're bothered about. It, it just can, completely takes away everything you care about. You know everything you're bothered about. But but that you know I, I've hit on the the thing that it not only takes away everything you're bothered about, it takes away everything you care about as well. You know the the the, the positive things, the good things. Okay. You're just sitting there. It takes happy. motivation. You're, you're, you're just like sitting in a fucking bath, basically. You know, to me, heroin is always like sitting in a nice warm bath. You know, I mean, you're just fucking relaxed. That was what heroin was to me. And it's like, there becomes a certain time when you think, how long can I do this for? And to me, it was always, it was there was always a, a very narrow time that I could do that. Yeah. And it's like, because I didn't have anything driving it. I didn't have, well, I wasn't, I wasn't abused or I wasn't fucking kind of, I didn't have depression or anxiety issues. I could, you know, and these are the things that, you know, that I mean. Were, were you the guy in the group who started that? Did you get other people into heroin? Oh, fucking loads of them, like, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think... And are some of them dead now? Probably, yeah. I mean, from, <laughs> from probably got, Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know... For other, it's that you know, Tommy story in Trainspotting for Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's archetypal. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing that um, you get people that have got anxiety and depression issues, they get into that kind of thing. You get people who, who like myself, are just adventurers and who listen to too, too much Lou Reed and, and the Velvet Underground. have the personality yeah, to express and, what you've listened to. Yeah, so did your but, charisma but accidentally make you, in a way, be the leader of the... Of the gear group when it started. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I, th I think the great thing about the gear group is there are no leaders. You know, I mean, it's like you kind of you, you just. There's always uh, a leader in, in the gear. Well, group. I don't think. I think there's always leadership. There's not always necessarily a leader. You know, leader, leadership's a quality that passes around. The, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's, and, and I mean, you know, everything I've, I've experienced, like, kind of when you grow up with people, it's like, you know, <laughs> the the hardest guy, the best looking guy, the biggest shagger, the comedian. Uh, intellectual, they're not the same guy, and leadership passes around them. You know, so you know, yeah. it's like, uh, and <clears throat> that that that's um, it's like uh, I think that um, to me it was like I, I was never, I never strived to be a leader, and I never was. Like, you know, so I was always like, um, I was always more of a participant slash observer. I would just jump in and then you know see what happened, and then when you, you know, give, when you give those big five characters the the shagger. The intellectual the comedian. Which one were you? Well, I think all you know. I, I strive to be them all. Basically. Yeah, and the In a way, that's what that's what is my quote. It's like you know, that's what being a writer is. It's like kind of you know, you, 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 your own ego, your own self, and all that is like uh, you, you become aware that it's not like. Um, it's not something you want to inflict on other people. It's a composite of different things, yeah. you know, so, yeah. And by putting it into characters and onto pages, you can, mm -hmm. away get your own identity, who you want to be, through fiction. 
I don't think you do. I think you get further away from that in a lot of ways. There's obviously a part in all of our lives where we don't feel good about ourselves, of course, and just in terms of lack of identity or just a feeling of general darkness. And you got off heroin, you got off all the shit, but did the writing solve that? Do you, do you, are you happy now? Like, do you, do, are you glad with who the fuck you are? You, you must be. Best-selling author, all that stuff, or is yeah, that yeah, all yeah. bullshit? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like, to... I mean, I've always been glad about who I am. I've never been unhappy. Were you ever ashamed, even when, even in the, you're a junkie shame, shame, shame and unhappiness are different things, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, I've maybe been ashamed a couple of times, but I've never been unhappy. Never? I don't think so, no. I think I've always been a happy soul. I think it's like kind of, uh, it's one of these things that, you know, you can, you can, it's, when you try and tell people that are depressed and you, and you think like, uh, for fuck's sake, come out of it or do this or do that, you know. And it's like, you know, and they've said to me, it's all right for you, you know, you don't give a fuck, you're a happy guy. So, well, look, I'm <laughs> I'm as fucked up as you are in some ways. I'm, I'm as determined as you are by the chemicals in me. I can't be a fucking miserable cunt. I just can't fucking do it. You know, it's like you can't be, you know, it's like uh, if, if you can't be happy, you've got to accept in the same way that I can't be miserable in that way. You know it's, what I mean? It's, do you think there's a choice to it? That I don't know, there is a choice. I think in a lot of ways, yes, there's a choice, but I think in a lot of ways it's just how you are. You know I mean, you, you, it's your disposition. But in terms of depression, is the kind of medicational scientific format to saying this person has someone wrong with them the actual cure to it, or is it just a case of making somebody realise that nobody gives a shit about anyone else well, listen, or floating <coughs> on a ball? But 30, 40 years ago, we bought into a narcissistic culture, and that was it. You know, it's like kind of... And that, you know, we decided this is the way our lives are going to be, you know. And, uh, you know, it's like if you, if you look at, uh, if you read a book like like Thomas Zaz, The Myth of Madness, if you, if you, if you read that, you can, you know, you look back and uh, and it's like that the mental illness is a kind of construct, you know. So so you have all these, you know, you've always had these range of behaviours, these, you know, and it's like now suddenly it's like kind of, oh, we have to designate this as on the spectrum or autism. You just think fucking, before you just think nutter. You know what I mean? Like, you know, give them a drink and all that, let them do what they want to do and all that. You, know, you don't fucking label people, and, you know, maybe what you do label them as nutters, basically. Yeah. But you don't say, it's like, oh, they're, they're on the spectrum, they're, they're on the spectrum. Yeah, do you think we've overly labelled, yeah. do you think we've overly labelled things like I think we've got, become depression. very obsessed with, with, um, with this idea that we should never feel any pain or discomfort. And any pain or discomfort is dysfunctional. It's part of being human. You know, if you feel fucking shit, who gives a fuck? Nobody, you know, you can't fucking label it as a mental yeah. illness, or you can't think we can get our way out of this, we can talk our way out of this, or we can kind of be, you know, counselling's going to help yeah. us, or anything's going to help us. It doesn't matter a fuck, man. It doesn't matter a fuck, you just get over it, get the fuck past it, and you will get the fuck past it. Don't make it into some kind of big pathology. Because no creature is happy uh, for more than 60% of their fucking existence. They're hungry. You reckon? They're in but we, you know what it is? It's like, in some ways, that we've taken away all that kind of animal thing. You know, we, we, we don't feel that anymore. We still have that kind of response, you know what I mean? So we're still thinking like, fuck, what are we doing here? What the fuck are we doing? You know, I feel uneasy. I feel a, a bit of disquiet. I, you know, what is going on with me? And it's like you think, well, what is going on with me is what should be going on with you. You're a fucking human being. You should be feeling all this shit. 
Don't fuck. Don't don't worry about it. Don't don't see it as some fucking kind of pathology. Lean into it. And the Enjoy way we block it, it is yeah, yeah. the reason why fuckers are headbutting people yeah, I mean, in well, boozers well, yeah, and getting put not, away for not five years. People, but but, but all, the animal but all, exists. All these posh rich cuts diving into therapy, listening to all this fucking shit about themselves <laughs> and all that. You know who gives a fuck, man? You know all you're doing is like you you think to yourself, I've unleashed this. Thing. You know I've talked about this. I've got away from it. Get some fucking mates and don't be sent to fucking Was it tough to avoid becoming the posh rich cunt? Because there would have been... Me? Yeah, you would have got emails, uh, letters. You would have got people whose kids are posh cunts. <laughs> Who said I've avoided it? No, but no. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you, but, no but you started out as it was a little bit controversial. The working class people in Leith and all finally said it's okay to speak like this. And the middle class who wanted to go to a festival and break away from mom and dad in the tennis club for a weekend started thinking it was cool. But overall, there were still 50-year-olds who started going, Irvin Welsh. Who, if you met them at fucking yeah. thirty, they'd say they wouldn't even look at you. Did you ever believe it? Did you ever well, shake you know the what? hand you know of the cunt? You, but you know what it is? It's like you can't invest in anything. Did like you ever that. shake the hand of the cunt though? I saw a few cunts, like you know, but 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 not in a for, kind for of money a, or what? Um, not yeah, not in a woeful way. I mean, I've always just done one thing. It's like you know, I I, I was very fortunate that. Um, the very first thing I wrote became a best-selling book. So it's like, but there's it, a cunt it, somewhere down the line there. Yeah, a cunt has to make that no, happen somewhere. There's loads of them. There's loads of. There's not one. There's fucking tons of them. Like, you know? so you you have to think to yourself, well, you know, this is you know, there's an environment and all that, and this happens and whatever. Like, you know, and it is like, uh, there's nobody who's ever managed to make any kind of, not, not even a lot of money, but any, any but any decent wage without some fucking cunt being involved, basically. So in train spotting, how how did you start writing that? Was it did you just get a pen and paper out and that? Day? Is there even is there Basically, even yeah. Microsoft yeah. Word or what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I mean it's like I, I started. You know, the only thing I could do when I was on Skag was like write some fucking you know compulsive. Did you write, write it on yeah, Herden? Physically, longhand write. Were you on Herden when you wrote it? Yeah, basically, yeah. And I was like, you know, that was the only thing I could focus on. And it was great. You know, it was like it was like something that kind of took me outside of that life. Yeah. And uh, and I always felt that when I'm outside of that life, this is something that kind of means something to me. You know, there's a reality to it. And and uh, ponsing around, like, try to get fucking drugs and try to fucking score and try to kind of bang up and feel that kind of, uh, yeah, I've got to get something now. That seemed to be less real to me. You know what I mean? It seemed to be like I was moving into this place where I was um, acting out some kind of stuff. Yeah, whereas you know, the, uh, you know, when I got when I got to that point where I'm thinking, well, you're actually writing about this crappy little fucking diaries, you know? and they've all manifested. They've all, you know, it's like it's funny because I'm writing about crime, and they, they've all they've all manifested in this fucking TV show. Everything like that kind of comes back away. I'm thinking, what is all this about? You know, what? Why is this so much more real to me than all this stuff? And it is. It's like because I think you're in a you're you're. Uh, uh, you know, it's like, uh, I mean, I'm not going to be all punsy and say if you're an artist and all that, but I think that for most people, their imaginative space, their internal workings are more real to them than anything else they experience outside. Do you think that the reason, as you said there, that you're kind of, you're actually on Brown, Skag, Herden, do you think that when people say Train Spotting was your best work is because it was your most real? It actually was a guy who fucking needed it. Well, I you don't know. I mean, it's like, I think... It was your you know, way out. You wrote your way out of, of well, heroin. Well, I don't know. It's like, uh, you know, it's like... Um, 
It's a strange thing because in a way that uh, your best book, you know, your, 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 I think it was because it showed people something that they knew existed, but they hadn't seen. You know, they hadn't actually seen in fiction, but they knew it existed. They knew all this was going on, but they hadn't actually seen it represented in fiction. I had this discussion with like, my, my pal John King, who wrote The Football Factory. Everybody knew that football hooligans was kicking off and it was fucking mad mobs and all that, but nobody had written about it from that inside kind of uh, viewpoint. So I think that was the, the these were the kind of commonalities. You know, and I think it's like you, you, you write, I've written fucking maybe about half a dozen better books than train spotting. But they'll never have that impact because it's like it's a shock of the new, and it's also kind of forcing people to engage with something that they've never engaged. But with But when before. you listen to a band you'd love, and everyone knows that culturally we were drawn to their first album, their second album, and they're convinced that their fifth one was as good. Do you think the fifth one was as good? Do you understand well, them artistically? If, see, if you're looking at bands, it's like you know what you're going to do. It's like you know, most bands are like they're 20 years old. They made the first album, brilliant. It's a sensation. Then the record companies say like, make the make the second one within six months, you know, and deliver it to us. And it's like they've had they've had like years from being they've been wee wee bairns, little kids, and all that. And suddenly they're now like, um, you know, they're 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 there. They've done the first album. Everybody's over them. So the, the next six months, they've had twenty years of change in their life. And the next six months. They're fucking around, and you know they're they're, they're like kind of they're, they're in hotel rooms, or in you know they're you know they're they're in buses and all that, and they're touring and all. That. You know, what are you going to learn from that? Because all you can do is try and reflect and mine more of the 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 the, 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 the other stuff out of it. Because but we're such information whores, though. If you even look at Wayne Rooney in Euro two thousand and four when he burst onto the scene at the age of eighteen. All he burst on the scene the age. He burst on the scene the age of sixteen, two years old. Yeah, no, whatever. But I'm talking about the global level. No, I'm level. talking about. I'm talking about Hibs. I'm talking about. He played his very first game forever against Hibs in a preseason friendly. Did you? Were you there? I was there. Did you see yeah. him? Yeah, I saw. Did him. you think you were watching something special? No. I thought, I thought big fucker for his age, like, yeah. you know, not that good. Like, yeah. No, but you know the way the media went on about it, as if we we have the next Maradona, next Pele, next World <laughs> Cup, and the rest of his deadly, unbelievable career was undermined <laughs> because he was never the first edition. Yeah, was opening with train spotting. They're never. They're, it's, it's, that's just what happens when you have an unbelievable debut. Something that real. They're just. They're not even going to fairly call the rest of your. Well, it's, you know, but it, it works. In a, it works in different areas, doesn't it? It's like kind of. Uh, if I meet most of the, you know, the, like, like the intellectuals and the studenty types, they'll go like, a fucking Marbury sort of nightmare shot all over transport. Much but better book. Those like, intellectual you know. studenty types but, 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 are the type but, of cunts that, um, you know, all right, we, you, you, twenty yeah. years ago, right? But you, 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 you may laugh at those intellectual studenty cunts. No, would you not have twenty years ago? Oh, I still do now, for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> but, but it's like that thing. It's like, um, it's like what what happens now is that. You know, are you doing something that's part of an entertainment industry? Are you doing something that's that's kind of a bit more of an expression of what you're feeling at the time? You know, and you can't. You know, it's like transport was an expression of what I was feeling at the time, but it was absorbed by the entertainment industry in a massive way. You know, so it's like um, a lot of the other things haven't been. You know, you know, filth and ecstasy have been to to, to some kind of extent, but. Um, you know, you don't really know. You don't really know if anything's going to hit the commercial base, but it doesn't change the thing that you've actually written. You know, you still feel that same sense of ownership from it. Have you ever seen a therapist? Only when a relationship, only when long-term relationships break down, and they always tell me you're fucking great. <laughs> it's these whores' faults. I, I'm, I'm 
I'm filling in the gaps. Basically, just massaging yourself back into a sense of. I don't think. It's, honestly, I think therapy is all about control. I don't think anybody should go to therapy. I think. I mean, you go to therapy, you cede control to someone else. You shouldn't be doing that. You should be taking control of yourself. So would it take maybe one session though to get to that point of view in which they build up your self worth enough? To yeah, make it? but you know, so if you fancy the therapist and she's good looking, it takes about ten, but usually one. Yeah. Why does everybody fancy the therapist? Because they're usually good looking. Usually fucking good looking young bars, basically. And who are also? Why, why? Why would they not fucking go into that game? You know what I mean? It's, it's fucking great. You know, it gives them that sense of power and affirmation. And all that. It gives the guys that are going to go in there like fucking oh yeah, brilliant. We talked about football earlier, and uh, one thing that I noticed was a recurring theme was the Georgie Best stint at Hibs. Georgie Best was good at Hibs, uh, but he only scored three goals or something like that at it. But was it the sense that somebody... You never had assists in these days. If you, if you had an assist yeah. table in these days, he scored every fucking goal that he practically scored back then. Yeah. Well, did he perform well? You know what? It's like one of the biggest myths about Best was that he was shit at Hibs. He was, he was clapped out. Bess was fucking brilliant, Hibs. He was really good. He was just like kind of, uh, particularly like in towards the end, of, you know, he had two stints. He had, you know, it's like, particularly towards the end of his first stint, Bess was fucking great. He got himself in shape. He worked hard. And, you know, obviously he was, you know, he was on the piss and he was having, you know, but what a fucking player, man. That guy. Well, there's something about the personality of Bess, though, that the people of Hibs and Edinburgh loved at the time. Yes. And it was that nature. It was best. You know, I, I, you know, so I, it's kind of. Uh, I remember going to George Best's funeral, and uh, my mate Dougie, who lives in Sligo, who was you know from Edinburgh. I grew up with him. I know, I know him since I was six years old, and I was living in Dublin. And he goes like, um, "We've got to go up to George Best's funeral," you know. So we went up, and um, it was just a fucking great occasion. It was pissing down rain in Belfast. It's horrible. It was the biggest thing that Belfast had ever seen that wasn't sectarian. It was a non-sectarian event. It was fucking great. It was just absolutely great. We we had the the, the best time. It was like kind of Man United, kind of Fulham, Hibs, Cork City. They were all, you know, everybody went up there and they're all fucking paying tribute to this guy. And I think, what is it that made this guy so fucking great? You know, because it's like, uh, it it was that thing that... um, he just had this talent and this skill, and he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't a kind of. He, he did everything that every working class guy would do. You know what I mean? He did. He slept with the Miss Worrells. He fucking drank loads and yeah. fucking took loads of drugs and had fucking great. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he did loads of drugs, but he had a, a fucking great time. And that's you know? what goes against the kind of modern day stats era of goals, yeah, assists, course, fantasy course, football. George you know, Best made the people who were watching the boozer feel. That's what I do if I was George yes, Best. Yeah, it made you yeah. feel like you were him. You know, you're not going to say like kind of. Uh, you know, I'm watching Mason Mount playing for Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. fucking do exactly what Mason Mount does. You know, I'm going to I'm going to form my agent. But those I'm characters go back to will never see the Maradona. House, like, yeah. Would you be a Maradona guy as well? Well, exactly, yes. 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 But, but yes. we're never going to see them in football again. And, and the, these they're, are the they're, they're being edited out slowly. I mean, if you look at like, see, look at something like Messi. Messi was in the American fucking football system. And it's like, and they were saying like, Messi is not fucking good enough to play in the fucking Major League Soccer in America because he's not like this, he's not working, he's not grafting enough. For fuck's sake, man, come on, you know what I mean? What do you mean? It, you know, he's not, you know, it's like, it's all about being a fucking runner and, a, you know, an athlete and but, you can't fucking touch him, you know, you can't get anywhere near him, you know, it's like, you can't get near Messi. When, when Messi's on the ball, 
all these guys who should be fucking putting tackles in are standing off them. But the human, but, you know, but, you, but people have that fucking skill. You, when Floyd Mayweather, when Floyd, when, when Floyd Mayweather was fucking, they should be punching fuck at that cunt. You know, he's fucking standing there like you know, but they can't. It's Floyd Mayweather, so they can't. But fucking when you punch look at him, you, man. George Best, Gaza, uh, even if you want to go John Lennon. It's the beauty of how relatable the people are is what made them so popular. And nowadays, because the fucking agents and the companies and the fucking cameras and the podcasts have got involved, you can no you longer get on, access to the personality. You may be onto something. But yeah. train spotting is the Georgie Best piece of work. I think you may be onto something there. I think there's like, uh, when anybody gets a bit of profile, there's a layer removed. There's a, there's a layer of their humanity. What are respect to George Best? George Best could have been showing know, up at the Ballon d'Or but, award, but, yeah, but he was just but, the buzzer. No, I think Michael, you've cracked it. There. There's there's a there's a layer of what they call protection, but it is actually a, a layer of um, keep these cunts away from the fucking. You know, don't you express any talent? Don't you don't don't you express any view? We'll keep people away from that. We'll have that, you know, because it's like that, you know. Now it bleeds into all the kind of, you know, the cancel culture and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you and the idea, have, the so idea, you have to be protected. You have to, be, you have to kind of put this thing out there that's not gonna, it's not gonna kind of affect anybody. It's not gonna hurt anybody. It's not gonna be offensive. As a diehard Hibs fan, you are. Like you've only have it's either three or four cups in your history. I think it might be three. You've, three Scottish cups. Yeah, think, yeah. But four, up, four but, leagues. But, but, last but, one yeah, in the fifties. Last Scottish cup. Was it was a thing that was like I would never, you know, it's like I, the champ. If Hibs won the Champions League five times in a row, it wouldn't mean anything compared to that Scottish because that would involve investment. That yeah. would involve investment yeah, and kind of betraying the culture. And yeah. this is but that man, Scottish yeah. Cup was massive for Hibernian. But Anthony Stokes, who happened to be a guy who come on, come on, yeah, what yeah, a yeah. guy, what, yeah, no, what no, a no, guy. I mean, he, play, like, he played, you know, he played like, for Falkirk. Yeah. He scored, I think, sixteen and fourteen games. But we see, like, you know, like, like, like. In the Europa Cup, like uh, Tavener scored fucking the most goals from right back, which is a fucking great achievement. Like Tavener for Rangers scored all his fucking goals, but in that game, he was Stokes's bitch, basically. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Stokes was just fucking amazing. You know, he just thought there was two guys like Stokes and McGinn who just thought this is our fucking game. And honestly, Stokes was one of the most fucking gifted footballers you ever fucking you ever see. Remember my mate Gordon Leg is a big Falkirk fan, and Stokes. Went to Volkirk, he was going like, because if you sign Anthony Stokes, you're going to win everything. He's just fucking that good. He's just brilliant. Like, uh, and I thought, nah, nah, nah. And it's like, you know, but honestly, it's that, it's that kind of thing that um, when you see a player like that, you know, you just think, this is fucking great. And it's like, all players like that have got fucking shit going on. They've got, you know, they're, they're human beings, they've got issues. But in some way, you know, it's fucking great that. This guy is just fucking doing this. He's up for it. He's going for it and all that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I fucking, I love Stokes. I'm so fucking, you know, I'm so delighted that he's, he was part of Hibs. And he was part of Hibs in two set, two, two different kind of, um, two different settings, you know. And he was fucking brilliant both times, man. He was such a, such a brilliant player. And you think to yourself, well, if Stokes here just kind of applied and knuckled down and trained and fucking, you know, and stopped fucking... He wouldn't have been at Hibs then, though. He wouldn't have been at Hibs. He wouldn't have been Stokes here. He wouldn't yeah. have been Anthony Stokes. You know what I mean? You've got to let is he people... Getting that, is he kind of getting that reputation now? Is he kind of the gifted footballer who didn't do enough? 
Has yeah, he... I, I don't. He's not. He's a gifted footballer who fucking is a is the greatest fucking star in the universe, as far as I'm concerned, man. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, he fuck. He scored two fucking immaculate fucking goals, like you know. It's like you know, he just he, and he did. He ran them fucking ragged in that game, and which was you know, it's like they they kind of made everybody made such a fuss in Scotland about. Buffalo Bills fucking was when won the last cup. They made it. They made a rod for their own back. All these fucking stupid putrid fucking masonic fucking arseholes in the fucking. Oh, so it was the like, concept you know. of sport nearly like what? What do you make of the robots, the Federers, the Nadal's, the Tom Brady's, the Cristiano Ronaldo's? As a sports fan, which at the end of the day, as football fans were sports fans, do you think they're geniuses or do you just think they're subjects of a robotic capitalistic system and you still love the Georgie Best and the Gazes and the Anthony Stokes? Number two. <laughs> so do we love sport then or do we love culture? I think, yeah. Do we yeah, view we sport love culture, as a part man. of we culture? Don't, you know, it's like the sport, you know, we, we don't love sport in a mechanistic way. You know, we, lo we love culture in a humanistic way. You know, you, you like to see people doing something that's fucking nuts. You know what I mean? Don't get, don't fucking lay it all out for people that they have to follow this template. Let them, let them get, let them go off radar. Let them do something different. Yeah. Let them have a bit of fun. Yeah. Because if you see a thirty-year-old now have a conversation with his fifty-five-year-old Elfella, and he says Messi v Maradona, and the Elfella says Maradona all day long, but Messi's statistically in terms of goals and his contribution to games and trophies, honestly, it's not a conversation. Honestly, cultural ownership of it, and I think the reason is because Maradona was like kind of he, he was like. He was a boy. He was involved in the whole Napoli thing. He was just like you know, fucking yeah. hell, you know. He, 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 you know. Whereas Messi was just this guy who was taken away and fucking reared. So we, we've created in, like, stories and screenplays to all these microcosms of life, and it can even be politics. Even the vilification of Thatcher, horrendous human being in ways when you look at her political decisions, but we united over how fucking disgusting she was. She but was we, a figure but, but, of disgust. But the thing is that we're united over how disgusting Thatcher was or how disgusting Reagan was and all that, but they set a template for the world we live in. You know what I mean? It's like they, they set this new level. Was it not template, set before yeah. then, though? Well, maybe it was. Maybe it's all. Maybe like capitalism is always going this way. But uh, it's like you know, it's like that kind of idea that we had, we had choices. We could still we could still choose a social democratic kind of life. We could still choose some kind of redistribution of wealth. We could still choose some kind of way of dealing with this mess until we worked out how we how we kind of manage capitalism, how we can how we how we manage its decline. It's inexorable to do that. I was not okay. someone who was from the UK or someone who was even of voting age at that time, but the Maggie Thatcher situation hits hard for a reason. She must have had choices along the way. Why is she so famous in all the communities that produced all, even all I the straight never, artistic... I think she never got fucking road. Dennis was never going to fucking... You know, honestly, seriously, it's like, you know, if anybody's getting their fucking hole properly, they're not going to be a cunt like that. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to have a bit of compassion, they're going to have a bit of connection with humanity. She was never fucking road. That's basically the problem, like, yeah. That's the reason why the Ra could bomb her hotel and she could get up at eight the next day and make a speech is because course, he wasn't, he wasn't well, fingering What the fuck is this yeah. in bed with? You know, yeah, like, Maggie on, Thatcher's yeah. just never been fingered yeah. and asked if she likes it that way. Yeah. She's probably never, exactly, she's probably that, never that, given that, a blowjob. Like you wouldn't put your fucking dick in her mouth, man. No way. 
But if she styled her hair a bit differently, and and, and, and well, you I'm would like, like for fuck's sake, but I'm, 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 I'm out of here. <laughs> so yeah, you think it comes down to the actual physical nature of humanity and the fact? I think that it does. I think I think it's like you know, it's like, can you connect with somebody physically? Can you kind of you know, can you can you join with another human being? Can you make love in a kind of way that it's not like fucking about conquest? It's about you know, it's about communion. It's about you know, sort of identification. It's about that that connection, like you know. And I, th I think a lot of these fuckers, you got all these public school cunts, like, you know, they're all sit, you know, they're all there, like, what, what the fuck are they doing? They've not actually learned how to love anybody else, you know what I mean? And that's, that's a tragedy, you know, it's like, in the UK, it's like, you think, fuck, these kind of public school cunts, they don't actually know how to love anybody else, so... All their Which comes oppression. from feel though yeah, before yeah. All, you give all it that. All their oppression, all their fucking nonsense and all that comes from them being fucking isolated and being fucking set away as little children and all that and being fucking shagged by fucking housemasters and yeah. tossed aside and all that fucking pish and all that. And they go, well, we'll fucking take it out on these bastards and all that. You know? So it's all that fucking nonsense. It's all that, 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 that kind of mindscape and all that, you know. So, so in a way, they're the first victims, but then accidentally get the well, power to the, make other the people first victims. victims. But they're shoehorned into this fucking high, high-end level, and it's like I mean, you think about every, every kind of, um, every kind of politics now. It's all about kind of thinking about how can we service this machine, how can we put all this resources, how can we put all this money into the very, the the, the very highest echelons of of life. How can we siphon it all off in there, like? You know? And they're the, they're the best people to do that because, you know, they, they, they're into all that elitist kind of stuff. They're into all that elitist power structure. So they can just fly the whole lot up there, like, yeah. Um, do you support the Scottish national football team? Or do you give a fuck? I didn't even know they were playing here in Dublin. I thought, fucking hell, I didn't even know what that but, tournament was about. But what why not? All that about? But, but the Scottish national football team, the Archie Gamble days, all that stuff, surely it meant something to you? Um... Yeah, I mean, I've never been nationalistic. Yeah. But if we we're going to go through the all-time eleven of Scottish footballers, who's the goalkeeper? Gorham. I mean, Gorham's the best goalkeeper I've seen. What about Craig Gordon? A lesbian. A lesbian. <laughs> Alan Hanson. Better. Alan Hanson, and who was centre back? Yeah, I mean, I, I would honestly. I mean, it's like kind of it was that big debate, but I would have kept Miller and McLeish. No, of, Alan Hanson, Hanson has to be in there. Nah, I mean, Hansen was like kind of, he was, he, he was, you know, he, he's too, um, he's too Beck and Barres for Scotland, but not of that fucking style. But he was a glorious footballer, though, and Scotland Great liked it. Like, In um, order to make it as yeah. a team and as a yeah. unit, you have to have it all. And they had yeah. the heart and they had the yeah. soul, but Hansen, uh, Hansen had the Rolls Royce element. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's like, um, Dennis Law and Doug Leash up front, no arguments. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would say, like, um, I mean, it depends how far back you're going, like, yeah. But Laurie Riley, perhaps, had a better kind of strike, kind of goal ratio than either of them, like, yeah. But would you, would you leave Law or Dog Lee? Yeah. I would certainly, I'd maybe leave Law out, like, yeah. You'd leave Dennis yeah, Law yeah, out think, of yeah. the all time I think, Scottish. I would, I would have, um, I would have Laurie Riley alongside kind of Doug Leash. I think that'd be a good, that'd be a good couple because Doug Leash would play into the channels and, Lo and Riley is a fucking. Could you not predator. put one of them in midfield ahead of leaving Dennis Law out? Um, no, but honestly, I would have, I would have from all kind of things that were, you know, rumours. I would have, I would have Gordon Smith on the wing and I'd have Laurie Riley in the centre with Kenny Doug Leash. What about Robertson? 
John Robertson. Nah, too you know, too fat and slow. I mean, you, you two European you, cups. Smith, two today, European yeah, cups. yeah. But I mean, that was in the that was in the day where it's like he's putting a great side. Are you anti guys who went to England to make it? Do you, <laughs> do, 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 do I look like a, a, a guy? Do, do you have Graham Souness <laughs> on this team? Do you have Graham Souness on this team? I would actually, yeah, yep. I would. You don't have John this. Robertson in this team. No. Jones was a fat guy. He was he was a winger. He was great for a bit. Like you know, he could keep the ball. Brian Clough called like, him the know. Picasso of the game. Yeah, I don't know about that, man. I think you know, everybody's you know, so he's he's got to talk up his guys. Like, you know. can I just go for a push? For I'm going to go for a push as well. Yeah. Let's do that, man. I'm loving I'm loving the kind of um, the combination of uh, extreme empathy and aggressive probing at the same time. It's great, man. It's a good, no, it's a good style. It's a good style. Well, it's kind of good. It's kind of good. What do you make of suicide? Suicide. Yeah. I think uh, I'm. I'm not sure. I think it differs in all cases. Like I think you know, it's like um, um, I've had a couple of pals that you know. Obviously, been lockdown's been tough and all that. I've had a few a few people who've I know have committed suicide, and I kind of feel that. Um, you know, I think I think eventually, but it comes down to it. When you go when you go through all the fucking stuff, and all the kind of grief and all the kind of heartbreak and all, I think eventually you have to respect that person's choice. You know, so I think you know that that that's to me fundamentally how it comes down. Because it's like you know, I know they say like when you when you commit suicide, you kill not just one person, but you kill a lot of people and all that. But I think we have to we have to kind of. Um, Maybe get a little bit more sort of um, realistic about this, and you, can, you know, and and it's, you know, it's such a strange thing. You know, how how do you how how do you actually think about this? Is it I'm ending my life? I'm done and all that. You know, but you can't if if you're not if you're not if you're not suicidal. You've never been suicidal. You don't you don't think you, you kind of think. How can I get into that level of existential despair where I can make a, a comment but about like, it? Because uh, I can't. Is it actually possible to believe in in God? No, I, I I've seen grannies. Well, I, I've I've seen uh, great hands. All these fuckers praying. I think they all know they're kind of lying. It's like when somebody yeah. tells you Carragher will get into the United Team of 08. They're just saying it. They don't mean yeah. it. I don't think anyone truly believes in God, and maybe that's just me because I can't do it. I don't think anyone envisions the gates of heaven and has a good time there and goes, "I'll be in heaven with him sitting it's, there." It's funny because like my, my mother, my mother's like kind of ninety three. And basically, you get to that age, you think to yourself, you're maybe going to be a little. She was also an atheist, you know. I think you've got to be a little bit soft on fucking God now, you know. <laughs> it's coming, like at least have you know, as an insurance policy, like you know. But no, when you're dead, you're dead. That's it. You're fucked. She's still like, saying yeah, that yeah, in yeah, three. completely, but hardcore, totally hardcore, like you know. And I and I, I kind of you know, obviously I admire her for that, but um, suicide in a way values something above humanity because because physically we're actually not uh, designed. Uh, to do anything but survive. So therefore, there is something spiritual to suicide. It's believing I'll be at peace. It's not this for peace. It's this might be bad, but fuck it. It's the only thing you'll do ever you think, have. Do, but do you think it's like an alleviation of pain? Just I just want to get this done, or it's something like uh, you know, I want to get this done and there's something I think, else. I think it's yeah. an incorrect evaluation of pain. I think pain gets fucking out of hand, and the way we construct culture, especially on social media, and the way we all even communicate with each other, makes pain seem much more exaggerated than it have is. You, have you ever done DMT? No, but I'll tell you what—that you know, doing DMT changed everything that I felt about this because I was like very kind of materialistic and kind of, you know, almost like kind of Marxist when, about when, life. When were you materialistic? Yeah. 
Well, I've been, I've, I believe that this is like, you know, I, I don't really sense a spiritual, a spiritual dimension to life. I always thought like, So you smoke DMT us. and what, it lasts for two minutes, but it seems like it's yeah, longer than it is. Yeah, 90 seconds, not even, not even as long as two minutes. How good like, is it? Fucking great. But it's like, it's not a, it's not a trip. It's like a, it's an experimental drug, not a hedonistic drug. I've done the ayahuasca ceremonies in Brazil on the beach and all that, and they've been fucking great and all that, but the hardcore bang fucking DMT, it's educative. As Terence McGinnis says, take the three big fucking hits, like, you know, and you try and put it in your lungs, and it's really... And what, how, 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 what happens? You know what? The the fucking gnomes come, the little gnomes come away and take you away, and they tell you everything, like, you know, and you go into this... I flew off into space... Will they be using your name? I don't know. I mean, they, they better watch if they are, like, because my agent will be on these bastards, like... You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it's like... You think, fuck, the fuck's going on here? Like, you know, you fly into space and you kind of, you know, you see the world from the distance and all that. And it's everything. I, I actually feel a bit of a wanker talking about it, but because anybody it's that takes very, a bit, yeah, it's but very American, very yeah, Joe yeah, Rogan know, to talk yeah, about yeah, doing yeah, DMT. It is. It's become fucking getting a bit arse wanky and all that. But it's fucking real, man. It's real. It's, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to fucking bullshit anybody. If it, you know, if it wasn't working out for me, I would just say this is fucking shite. But it does. It actually does work. It's fucking mental. Have you ever contemplated suicide? Me? Yeah. No, I fucking want to kill some other cunt if I feel, if I feel a bit depressed. Like, I'm not going to fucking kill myself, for fuck's sake. It's too much fun to be had. Like, yeah. How many people have you fucked because you're from Welsh? Um... <laughs> Did you know- every every one of them since I was fucking fourteen. No, but since ninety six, did you notice an increase in looks? <laughs> since train, there was more quality. Yeah, since since train spot yeah. came out, um, were they in more physical shape? Yeah, but you know what? So like, not really because I've always punched above my weight. I always thought like, I was entitled to the fucking the best looking women, the best strengths, the best fucking drugs, and all that. But surely know? the fame and, and notoriety. It made it easier. It made <laughs> it made things easier. I didn't have to fucking sort of bang on the door for fucking years. Yeah, okay, I could do it and. Seconds, basically. You love the concept of shagging. I, you know what I love? I love about I love the idea that um, this is the most intimate thing that two people can do. You know, it's like it's a fucking great thing. You know, it's like how you know how blessed are you to be able to make love to somebody? You know, it's like you think you so this is fucking great. This is you know this is the most in a lot of ways that I'll get to know another human being. It's yeah. fucking brilliant. There's man. no fake laughter. There's yeah, no small there's talk. Yeah, I'm sick yeah, of my dick yeah. inside yeah, of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like fucking... Or I'm wrapping my fanny around your dick and pumping you to fuck. Either or. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Would you be a monogamous guy? I'm actually... I'm, I'm kind of quite boring. It's like I go, I go through these phases that I'm involved in a relationship and then I go through this mad fucking total slag kind of thing for, you know, and then I get involved in another mahogany relationship and I'm into that and then it's like... I get involved in this mad, mad fucking total slag thing. So I've, I've, I've always done that. I've always been quite... Um, when I get involved in a relationship, I'm quite obsessed with the person I'm involved with, you know, so... Have you ever have you ever broke up with them or is it always them going Irvin, you're too much? They always break up with me. They all, you know, they, they, they get fucked up with me. They always think, uh, you know, I love him, but he's a cunt, basically, you know. I valued your opinion too much and I'm struggling to cope under the... Uh... Well, you know, it's like, the thing is, it's like um, the life that I've had and, you know, the way that I've always been, not, not even, you know, pre-transport and even, you know, like, it's like I've always kind of like, uh, I, I want to go places and do things and all that. So you, you, you're very present in someone's life then you're absent from it and all that. A lot of people don't fucking like that. They want stability and they want things to work out. Like, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of linked to that traditional format, and you can just never really provide that. 
I can't, you know, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm the, I'm, you know, so if, 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 um, if, I've had a daughter and she brought me, she brought somebody like me home. I say, get the fuck, get that cunt the fuck out of here, man. You never had kids? No. And because you've too much of a passion for life, you couldn't con it. You couldn't pretend. I couldn't be the, I couldn't, I couldn't sort of um, be the kind of person who wanted to, you know, I, I, I had like very present parents that were great, you know, they, they, they indulged me, they looked after me. I want to do the same. But I can't, you know, I couldn't do that. You know, I, I just want to, I just need to go, basically. <laughs> so would you have people who you know for 20 years, for 10 years, five years, or what, do you just turn it around as the decades passed and just constantly try to know yourself? Like, is there any guys you've known 30 yeah. years? Is there any guys that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're doing this documentary, you know, they're going back to guys that are fucking... Be mates for but you're going years, back like, to them yeah. off your own yeah. bat as in you're doing the documentary and you're no, yeah, yeah, but, but there's yeah, any guys yeah, who you'd, well, well, you'd ring on a Thursday <laughs> and go to see the Hibs game yes oh, yeah a lot of them like yeah. so it's like um, you think you you, you, you it's, it's one of these things it's like you know um, because I've moved around a lot it's like you, you you get really close friends for you know this is my 40 year old friend this is my 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 30 year old friend my 20 year old friend my 10 year old friends but you don't really see it in that way you know it's like but it, it's strange when you get them all together they go there's a bit of kind of um mad jockeying for position in a lot of ways like yeah was the real life skag boy not bitter um, maybe I don't know. I, I don't know. It's like, uh, it's this is all, hopefully this will come out in the documentaries. Like, there's two of the bastards, like, you know. So, but uh, I mean, possibly yes, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, it's like, um, you, you'll get a lot of people who are saying, like, you know, it's always the same thing. You know, so you'll get some people saying, like, uh, no, he's never changed, he's just the same. And you get other people saying, like, I can't, he's fucking, you know, it's, you know so that, that's just life. But, when, but that, I think that happens irrespective of kind of like, you know, so-called fame or success. I think it just happens with life, you know. When someone puts their own reality onto paper, how they see the world, they write dialogue, they write characters, they write opinions, they make a living from it. Do you not struggle with the company of other people on a serious level? I think the thing is, it's like... Um, you can't really, you know. It's like if, if um, I don't, think, I don't think you, you you can take anything that seriously to the point that it's going to uh, enable you and make your life fly, or it's going to crush you. You know, I mean, I think you know, life's an experiential thing. You just go through it. You know, so I don't really see like you know in that in that way. So taking the seriousness out of life is essentially the key, regardless of. What the fuck you're doing? Well, it's not. It's, you've you've got to exist. You've got to live and get on and do things and all that and have fun and you know and enjoy yourself. And I think that um, to make things into some big kind of mad kind of existential debate or question, I don't think that's the way people live. Irvin Welsh, thank you very much for coming on to the Michael Anthony Show. Michael, pleasure, pleasure, mate. It's great talking to you. All the best. Was that alright? That was fucking brilliant, mate. Yeah, it wasn't even alright, it was fucking <laughs> it was beyond alright. It was fucking brilliant. It's one of the best that. things I've done. And I hope we can do this a lot of time as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll do McGee, me and McGee do Get him on, man. Yeah. It's been how many years, my oh, boy? You still don't know my chairs of joy. No.
Make it feel Makes me feel alright 